guys, so today I'm coming to you from the bathroom in my parents' barn. So keeping the glamour real. Okay, so today I am talking to the lovely Elle Langford, who maybe just like for a general blanket, um, works in the art department on um, feature film and uh, TV shows. She's super lovely. I, my friend Hannah Aline, who we also need to have on here for an episode, she is fantastic. Hannah is an actor and she is on the show Doom Patrol. And on Doom Patrol, Elle works as the uh, set decoration coordinator. And uh, in just to kind of set it up, Elle can do anything. She's super creative, so she works as the set deck coordinator. She just did her first job as an art director on the movie I Still Believe. Um, she's worked on Mother's Day, Doom Patrol, The Haunting? The Haunting? The Haunting. The Haunting of Hill House, um, and Legacy, Halt and Catch Fire, Rectify, and Teen Wolf. I need to tell my best friend Annie about that. She was a huge Teen Wolf fan. So Elle is lovely. She got to sit down with me. This is recorded during quarantine over Zoom. So all of a sudden you might hear some like little glitchy noises like robots are taking over. Um, but no, it is just, it is just the COVID era. And so we have a lot of glitches going on. Um, yes. Anyways, um, without further ado, we've got Elle Langford. Ba -da -ba -da -ba. Take me to a park and I'll look at a rock. Like, I, if I don't have to see. Hey, sorry, this is my brother. Can you? Thank you. Thank you. Sharing space with so many people. So, are you liking the space to yourself right now? I mean, yeah. I, I'm getting a lot of. See, I got all the projects done in like yeah. the first week, you know, <laughs> two weeks of corona time yeah. so now it's like i guess i could reorganize the cabinets again i'm not really certain no, what to do um, i binge watched most of the stuff i was interested in and now yeah. i'm just like yeah now what? no um it's like um january jones i she's apparently hilarious i've only discovered that in quarantine and she said she did like all of her like weird odd jobs like two months before quarantine and she's like i'm so pissed She's like, I, I was getting on top of things and now I've, I've ruined my life. And so she's like tap dancing now and just random stuff. I've been working out. I mean, I guess that's, a, that's it. but you know, how many hours a day can you work out? And I find myself like doing it. Like I'll do like, all right, today's leg day. And then I'll do yeah. legs and like four hours later, I'm like, well, I guess I can do arms too. Cause <laughs> I have nothing else to do. Yeah. Um, you think I'd be losing weight, but I still have the quarantine 15. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, it's hard to get, I'm very lucky that I have my sister to work out with because I couldn't, I would have given up a long time ago, but no, that's awesome. I'm glad you're staying motivated uh, with the industry. I like, like talking to the industry people. Like, it's like, have you heard the secret? Like, when are we getting back open? Have you heard anything about like any productions that you were signed on to? No. Um, I recently, this week, I got two emails from the mm -hmm. union about, like, possible safety guidelines. So there was, okay. like, this part one of, like, these guidelines they're trying to implement for productions mm -hmm. that want to start um, filming. And it's through, like, our union and, like, the Georgia Film Association. I'm sure they're taking it from other yeah. um, things. But other than Tyler Perry Studios, who is starting back. 
Have you heard about how they're doing it? Yeah, I mean, the construction coordinator I worked with on um, the show that I was on before, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everything went down, mm-hmm. is starting on it. And essentially what they're doing is, is that um, you're kind of trapped on site. So he's going to put everybody up. I'm not quite certain how that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, on his studio property, they're going to do, everybody gets Corona tested, you know, will be mm-hmm. tested for the virus. You know, if you're positive, you obviously get to stay, um, mm-hmm. or not stay, go. Um, and then if you're negative, you can stay, but then you're essentially in quarantine here. And then, you know, you'll live there while. It was a military base, right? I'm only finding out about yeah. that. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't, been to the new Tyler Perry shoot studios. We shot there for Doom Patrol last season, but it was like some mm-hmm. weird offset building. Um, but um, so maybe they still have some of the housing. Like, I don't know what was knocked down and what, you know, was converted. So they may be putting everybody up in barracks. Who knows? Um, Would you do it? <laughs> See, that's the tough part because I'm a single parent, you mm-hmm. know, and fortunately for me right now, like my daughters are in Florida, but they're going to be back in a week. You know, totally. yeah. maybe too. So it's kind of like, I don't know specifically what, you know, the rules are in regards with families. Is it mm-hmm. like, you know, you're just there on your own because obviously the less people you have to put up, the less expensive it is. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't just, you know, bail on my children, unfortunately. So it wouldn't be um, an option for me or anybody else who has kids, you know, that need yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, okay. So I looked through your IMDb pro cause I'm also in the industry. So I have IMDb pro. Um, but I looked through and I was like tallying up all of them and I don't have the list on me, but you have graphic designer is one of, I think you have more credits as a graphic designer than anything. Right. Yeah. So is that something that you could be doing from home with your kids? Um, like while other things revving up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, when this first started, I was doing some freelance. I do a lot of freelance stuff for, um, a guy who works out in LA who, when this first started, I was helping him out on a few of the like stills that he would then be able to put in, you know, motion and integrate Mm -hmm. into things. Um, but again, lots of stuff is not shooting. So it's kind of like, I'm doing a little bit of stuff here and there for friends, but it's not for money. It's like mm-hmm. bartering kind yes. of a thing, you know, like I, uh, I got like a kind of a side hustle yesterday. Um, my partner s- sells wine and mm-hmm. one of the guys is like, we need new signs in the store that say different types of wine stuff. And so, um, you know, I'm going to do that for him and I'm going to mm-hmm. get like a case of all sorts of wonderful booze. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I haven't, you know, reached out to any other, like actually trying to apply for any kind of graphic yeah. design job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know every person who's doing graphic design is probably looking for something, but also I don't want to be trapped in something when film does come back. Yeah. And as of right now, I'm fortunate that like with unemployment and then, you know, the subsidies, like I can, you know, afford a, my current lifestyle without any extras. Like I'm yes. not, you know, I'm up in savings where I can hold out a little bit longer before having to get like, I like to say a real job because I never really consider like films like a real job, you know? Yeah. So is that, is that film is the, so graphic design is what you do to kind of be able to like fill in the holes when you're not working on film, like on set. Okay, cool. You do a lot of art coordinating. Um, 
Is that correct? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's art coordinating. Then you've done like the set. Oh God. So I talked to Naomi Smith, who is also in like the art department world. And I like came in and said one thing. I was like, art directing means this. And she was like, absolutely not. All of the, all of the jobs mean such different things. So what job, like, what are the roles that you're usually in on film? It's mostly film. Yeah. It flips in between. I think I've probably done more um, television than features. And I, you know, I primarily, when I got into the industry, I've always been in the art department. A lot of people move around and kind of find where they were. But I mean, I've been in the industry for about 10 years and it's always been in the art department, whether it's specifically art or set deck, which is part of the art department. So um, I started out as a PA and went into coordinating. um, And with coordinating, it's pretty much paper pushing. I mean, it's a lot of paper pushing. It's managing budgets, sorting materials, making sure everybody knows where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, Clearances is a big thing with television, you know, making sure the stuff that's on the screen we're allowed to see. So Warner Brothers won't get sued. Um, And just really staying on top of the budget. Um, More Mm -hmm. so in um, when I do coordinating for set decoration than in art departments, um, because the art department budget itself is, it's very small. Like construction has their budget, you know, and ours is mainly like supplies or samples or if we factor in graphics into our budget as opposed to construction. So it really just depends on the other departments and how you divide the money. It comes from the same pot. So it's just yeah. kind of figuring out who's going to take care of what. Um, and then I also do graphics. Um, there are a few shows that I've worked on, um, which you're not supposed to do, but I did, um, where I was the coordinator and the graphic designer. So I have three shows where I did both at the same time. I saw that. I saw um, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, and really it's just what job comes available. I can coordinate, I can do graphics. I prefer to do graphics cause it's more money and mm-hmm. it's less hours. And unfortunately coordinating, it's like, you know, it's a set week rate usually, and it's mm-hmm. not very great. And you're there for like 14 hours, like, you know, cause some productions designers want you there, you know, 30 minutes before call, but then they, you know, don't want you to leave until like they're done and they're mm-hmm. there all day, you know, cause you're yeah. kind of like support staff for the production designer, you know, like you're yes. his assistant, you know, yes. and even the art director, production designer. So you spend a lot more time at work coordinating yes. than you do with reps. So yeah. Um, okay. but I also enjoy coordinating because I like I'm very good at it. So like I'm yes. I'm very organized and I can multitask and I enjoy having uh, like my hand in a little bit of everything like dealing with construction and hmm. you know props and set deck and just kind of knowing what's you know yeah, going on all the time as opposed to when I'm doing graphics. I'm just sitting in my office and doing what's on my breakdown and maybe sometimes I'll get up and leave and go to set. Um, a lot of times I won't. Um, so <laughs> And I most recently, last summer, um, art directed for the first time. So I'm kind of like, you know, slowly working my way, I guess, up the ladder, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. Um, and you want to do that. Uh, well, that's the tough part is I, I'm not quite certain. I love yeah. working in the art department. And to be honest, I would coordinate, I would continue to coordinate if you know, our uh, situation was better. Like we mm-hmm. make one of the lowest rates next to the PA in the art department. We, you know, essentially do so much work. Like it's not just one job that I do. Mm-hmm. I do lots of different jobs for multiple departments. Mm-hmm. You know, some construction coordinators don't, you know, don't do their budget, don't track it. 
I would have to track it. You know, sometimes you don't have a set deck coordinator. So then you're also tracking set decks budget. So I feel mm -hmm. like if our department coordinators got a little bit more respect and mm -hmm. more money, you know, instead yeah. of, I feel like taking advantage a lot. What do you think like they think of you as like, oh, that's just the money girl or what? <laughs> You know, it really just depends on the production designer that you work with. I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of production designers who like to talk to everybody about what they think, you know, creativity wise, you know, like really want everybody to be involved in the process. And, you know, if you have suggestions or if something comes up and you're troubleshooting a material and they're thinking mm -hmm. maybe we should use this and you go, well, what about this? Cause it's less expensive. And they're like, yeah, that's a great idea. So sometimes I feel like when I work with some people, they treat me, you know, again, like part of the team, like it's yeah. more than just paper pushing that I'm not just essentially a PA that, you know, does a lot more except for goes on runs, you know, <laughs> like, but then you have other production designers who aren't as kind or art directors, you know, mm -hmm. aren't, who aren't as kind and who are just kind of like, nobody cares what you have to say, you know, yeah. where are yeah. the numbers? Yeah. Why, are, why are these drawings not printed correctly? It's like, I don't know, as a set designer, he's the one that printed them. You know, it's like, it's like so, everything and, is your fault. And also like yeah. in some ways you are in charge, but they're going to treat you like you're the lowest thing. Exactly. It's a very weird thing because I'm not a department head, but yeah. I have to make like facilitate a lot of things for a lot of people in the department. And when they have questions, people mm -hmm. usually go to me mm -hmm. for answers. Mm -hmm. um, not all of them, obviously like design wise, but you know, like construction, like, do you know if this drawing has been printed? Do you know, like, if this is clear, can we put this piece of artwork on set? And you have all of this, you know, we have PAs that answer to you. And then, mm -hmm. you know, set designers who need things and ask for things and you're the person that they come to, you know, but you're not really, an, you know, yeah, you're not really all that important. <laughs> did you did you ever do any theater growing up? No. Okay. Okay. Um, there's the role of the stage manager in theater, who kind of has that role of like they're in charge of keeping everything organized and like if you have a problem, even if you have a breakup, they come to the stage manager and they get no credit. They're just backstage, yeah. like keeping everything yeah. going. Um, yeah, I, I, I've done more theater, um, than film for sure. And I kind of that correlation. So, but I feel like that's going to make you such a good art director though, is, um, I yeah. kind of, yeah. So was it, I still believe the one that you are. Yeah, yeah. That one just came out with, um, the guy from Riverdale and yeah. yeah. yeah they, I mean, I don't know if you can say anything. They seem really nice. I've seen them in different things and they're really talented. And that was a big budget. Oh, yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, it seems like it. It's funny that you say it was a big, I want to say it was like the, the movie itself was like a $6 million budgeted movie, but all of that went to having KJ Appa and Britt Robinson <laughs> and Janiya Twain and Gary, the guy from Forrest Gump. I can never remember his yeah. last name. Yeah. Um, well, most of that money went there. Like our art department budget was there was no money. Yeah. You know, when I got the show, um, the decorator who was decorating, it was in Mobile. I went and worked on location, um, was the, one of the first decorators on Doom Patrol last season. And then, um, drama ensues and he left. And, uh, so he re recommended me for the job. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, it was a great experience when I took it. It was like, it's all locations. We're not really doing any builds. You don't really have a construction department. Um, you know, it's just really going to be 
you know, making sure that like set dressing stays on point and, mm -hmm. you know, a lot more coordinating than really art directing for the mm -hmm. most part. We did, again, we didn't have a lot of, we didn't have a lot of builds, but the locations, well, they said we weren't going to have a lot of builds, uh, but the locations they chose um, needed a lot of work done to them. So then yeah. it was like, you know, being in Mobile, not having a really great crew choice. So like it's mm -hmm. either you get somebody from Louisiana or you get somebody from Atlanta mm -hmm. and then like budgeting that because when you get people from, you know, not local, you have to pay per diem and you have to put them up and there are all these other things that factor into your overall budget that yeah. you have to think about. So, um, I got to see just a different side of how that budgeting works mm -hmm. and then, you know, kind of trying to figure out like the idea our production designer had was, you know, grand and he had such wonderful ideas that we just didn't have the money to be able to do. So then being able to go back to him or, you know, or the UPM and either say, hey, I need more money to do this or being able to tell him, look, no, we're not going to be able to do it. I had to say no a lot on that show, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate, but it happened. We ended up filming in this uh, hospital. There are a lot of hospital scenes in the movie. Yes. I mean, it was this essentially not abandoned, but it was a VA hospital and they closed off a lot of the floors. Um, mm -hmm. and it was just administrative cause they were moving into a new VA hospital. But of course, you know, it's a period piece. It's supposed to be set in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, and you know, they wanted to be able to really show that they were in California, but not really say they were in California for clearance purposes. Mm -hmm. So they wanted all of these windows, but this building didn't have any windows. So then we had to like knock down walls and put up fake walls and put in windows. And so it went from being a show that wasn't going to have any builds. It was all going to be locations with like yeah. paint tweets things like that to, you know, having to build out an intensive care unit mm -hmm. in, um, you know, a section of the hospital that wasn't an intensive care unit yeah. section. So it was, um, it was really difficult. I think that, um, I, I appreciate the experience. I would like to do it again. Um, it was essentially like an indie film. So there were a lot of things we all kind of had to help out like mm -hmm. for everything just to get everything done. Cause we didn't have the time and we didn't have the money. Um, mm -hmm. but the group of people that I worked with, which is really important, like the people who are on your crew that you work with, mm -hmm. um, really make or break how you can handle the stressful situations. Mm -hmm. And I was very fortunate where, yeah, I got my hands dirty a lot more than I would have thought and probably shouldn't have, you know, based on yeah. rules. Um, but the people that I was working with, you know, really made it easy for me not to be like, Oh my God, why did I take this job? You know, mm -hmm. um, which is amazing. I was really grateful. And yeah. the director loved everything and they were like, it looks great. It's wonderful. And I got to learn new things about lighting and stage work because we had all of these concerts set up. So then we had to, yeah. you know, do lighting and we had to create festivals. And, um, mm. I had a lot of hands on with that about where to place towers and what our, our color choices were going to be. And so wow. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I'd like to do it again, but I also know that there are a lot of people out there that understand what art directors do. Um, probably a little bit better. A lot of them come up from like set design. So like you have like this rec, you know, path that you can kind of go that I find that I'm used to seeing of who kind of becomes art directors. And it's mm -hmm. usually people in set design who know how to actually like build the sets and, you know, can understand. And a lot of, 
you know, our directors mm -hmm. can draft because that's where they came from. So if changes need to be made, they can make it and they really understand, you know, the integrity of structure and mm -hmm. how to do those things. And unfortunately for me, I don't have that background more than like what I have experienced looking at plans. And, mm -hmm. you know, I had to learn how to draft, do floor plans on the show because we needed mm -hmm. all of these director's plans. Um, but so I feel like a smaller show, like I'd like to do it more, but I also know like what my abilities are. And mm -hmm. I find that there are a lot of people in the industry who get lucky because they know people and they're not good at their job because they don't know what they're doing. And, yeah. um, you know, it just makes everybody frustrated. And I don't, you know, I don't want to be one of those people who mm -hmm. just take a chance, you know, get offered something that I you know, didn't deserve and, or, you know, can't do, you know? Yeah. But like you, I, I'm so, I'm so proud of you that you had never done art directing and then you took on this project, you know, which even when you were saying it, cause I'm kind of familiar, I've seen the trailer for it and stuff and I know it's based on a true story. So I know it, I knew it was going to be a period piece. So I'm even thinking about like, okay, we've got to find a stretcher, but we need a 90 stretcher. Like, yep. um, even after like beginning to learn about this, um, uh, the, just even the beginning, now I'm watching movies and I'm telling my sister, I'm like, see that mug? They had to find that mug. It's just like, yeah. like, or we, or we create it. Yeah. We had to do a lot of, cause again, based on a true story and they really wanted to hit on like the places his dad worked and you know, there's this uh, pizza place that he worked for. They were originally from, I believe it was Indiana. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we had to go back and try to actually find pictures. Like the thing about research is, is that, you know, not everybody thinks everything belongs on the internet. And that's like that one thing that you really are trying to find because you need to, you know, remake, but it's like finding it in real life is impossible. Finding, you know, the company doesn't exist anymore. Um, mm -hmm. So I think, you know, a lot of it is, you know, doing research, especially with period pieces and being like, okay, this isn't exactly right, but it's very close. You know, maybe we can change it a little bit. Um, was the guy that KJ plays, was he on set? Um, the real yeah. guy? So did... did oh, oh, Jeremy, yes. Okay, so Jeremy was on set some of the time. Okay. Um, not all of the time. He okay. came at the very beginning and said hello to everybody. And then kind of towards the end, he came back. But he wasn't there the whole time. Okay. Jeremy. Yeah. No, he wasn't yeah, Those, like, real-life stories kind of... Mm -hmm. I think some people really want to have their hands in it. And some people yeah. are like, I trust you guys. I don't, I don't make movies. <laughs> I read the script. It's a whole, you know, <laughs> this is great. Um, so, um, you know, right. Um, when I took it, because it's by the, um, the directors who did this and the producing company are um, also the people who did that movie. I can only imagine, which is like the mercy me story. So it's yeah. kind of the same vibe thing. Um, and they had, you know, pretty much the same budget. They filmed it in Oklahoma. It was mm. the same production designer. It's all these like really small scale shows, but like they put the money into the cast essentially. And then you yeah. just kind of have to make everything work to accommodate that. Um, but um, they, you know, I think they did a really great job mm. um, of bringing the story to life and making it so that like lots of people would be willing to watch it. Like yeah. some people aren't religious and some people, think that, you know, oh, this is going to be a religious movie and I don't want to go see it. Like, I'm not going to have any interest in it because I don't have any interest in religion and, you know, whatever. And I feel like they did a really good job where um, they showed that obviously these kids went to um, 
a religious-based college. There is religion involved, but the story wasn't centered around that. It was centered around, you know, this love story and this heartbreak and, you know, how they were able, how he was able to take this terrible thing that happened Mm. and, you know, inspire other people. And Mm. I think they did a great job of that without making it to, you know, praise the Lord. In like an altar call at the end of the movie, you know? Mm. No, I mean, my, like, I'm from a religious family and I was just thinking, I was like, why haven't I made my parents watch this? So we're definitely going to have a movie night and I'll be able to like, Spot all the things that you're talking about. That's that's amazing. There, um, actually, um, I don't know if you know. I mean, probably not. Uh, most actors know each other, but I know it's the art world's <laughs> own thing. But there's a girl I interviewed, Rebecca Robles, who is a friend of mine, and she got her start on like a similar kind of Christian movie where it was. Um, there was Boo Boo Radley, a guy from Twilight. He was a lead, mm-hmm. and then the guy that played. Hercules on a TV show, other famous Kevin guys. Dorbo. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was the lead. And so they needed, doing quotes, the girl. So there were three leads and they needed the girl, but they couldn't spend any money on her because they spent way mm-hmm. too much money on the other leads. So they were like, she's good and she's pretty much free in comparison to how much mm-hmm. we're, we're paying these movie stars. And then like, that's how her career got um, yeah. launched. And she said it was a great experience. Um, yeah, that's so cool. And also like, I'm, I'm happy to hear that the people that are making the film that obviously believe in what they're making it about mm-hmm. also, it makes sense that it was very like scrappy, you know, and like mm-hmm. everybody's pitching in and it's not just like, you know, a kind of a, like a cash grab because I in from Tennessee come from a religious background where if you put a Christian movie up, there's a cute little $5 matinee theater down the road. If you put up a Christian mm-hmm. movie, everyone goes and sees it and I'll go with my dad and sometimes I'm like dad this is god <laughs> yeah. yeah but they do <laughs> too, so much. Well. too much yeah yeah like you don't even have to have a good movie and my yeah. church is gonna go you know just like praise the lord this is so good built-in fan base you know yes, exactly and um that's but also like it doesn't have to be that way and um, that's amazing. I'm so excited to see it now. Um, would you not, um, I can't ask that. Sometimes I'm like, well, oh, I don't want to get you in trouble. I was going to say like, would you work with them again? But that's probably. Um, yeah. You would? 100%. Okay. Oh yeah, I would. Um, I worked with the UPM before. I worked with the decorator before. Mm. Um, the art department, like the coordinator and the PAs um, had never done a movie ever. So there was a little bit of me cross-training people like the yeah. coordinator on how to do stuff. Our graphic designer, uh, Johnny Punt, is phenomenal, great guy. He comes with a traveling kit. I mean, I definitely work with them all again. Um, they were going, they, they did, not going to, shoot another movie not soon after that there were talks about maybe doing, but I just, I have kids. So yeah. it was a nice summer, you know, kind of a thing while they were, you know, vacationing with my parents, but like to stay any longer would be um, a little bit difficult. So I, but also that's like a fabulous job where it's, you can say yes to this opportunity, but also Mm -hmm. like there's an end in sight unless um, some wild thing happens. Can I ask when you were talking about coordinating, like making sure that Warner brothers doesn't get sued has there ever been something kind of like that where you're like, I can't, we can't have a Starbucks cup like in this scene or like, has, have you ever had to say no 
to things. Um, oh, I say no all the I say no all of the time. I, I want to hear some because of it. Because the problem is, is that with clearances, is that every studio, like I wish there was just a blanket thing. Every studio does yeah. it differently. Mm-hmm. Every studio, and um, you know the thing about like branded things like Starbucks, right? So on movies. Um, as long as they don't have some kind of like promotional deal, you can see real products as long as it is for its intended purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So if somebody's drinking a Starbucks cup, they can do it if they're drinking a Starbucks cup. Now, if they decide to take that scalding hot Starbucks cup and pour it over somebody's head, that's a problem. Okay. Right. So yeah. you're not supposed to pour coffee or, you know, they can drink real beer, but mm-hmm. once you crack that beer bottle and try to shib somebody with it, mm-hmm. that's going to be a clearance problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but with television, because they're ad supported, they want you not to use real stuff because they're trying to sell ad space. And if you have a Coca-Cola can and Pepsi wants to, you know, put millions of dollars into, you know, breaking bad during the commercials, mm-hmm. but you see Coke everywhere, they're not going to do it. So cool. it's a very fine line. If Pepsi's going to have a commercial though, can you use Pepsi in the yes. show? Yes, you use Pepsi. Okay. Yes, you could use Pepsi. So I did a lot of stuff for AMC. Um, I did rectify almost all of the seasons in Red Road. Um, and so for them, you know, we used a lot of generic products, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like dollar store stuff that wasn't really big named brands because yes. um, we shot in convenience stores and we had to make our own kind of like dollar store ourselves because uh, one of the main characters worked there. So mm-hmm. we used an old store, created our own uh, dollar store, which was called uh, Thrifty Town. And uh, so we had real product in there, but it was all a bunch of different variations. So there's so many different rules where like, yeah, you can use it as long as it's not a wall of Pepsi. If it has a bunch of different things, then you're not featuring one brand and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Or some shows are like, no, you can't use anything. All of your boxes need to be created if it's a hero prop. And if you see it in a store, you either need to skew it so you only see the back and not all of it. But, and then you go into like, um, I think the biggest thing, not so much product wise is the problem, but like you get clearances as in like artwork or like something that someone else has created that is then, you know, showing up. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you tag the side of a building, right. And it's like in Atlanta, we have living walls. So these aren't like just random tags. These are murals, right. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to get permission to shoot that. And if you shoot it without permission then you know it's a problem for the studio yeah so it's very much like especially with locations and like signage locations like if you're shooting atlanta for atlanta and there's a uh if the fox theater is in the background right um you know sometimes you have to get a materials release if you know you're gonna feature it if it's gonna be really like in the shot sometimes you don't sometimes it's just a background panning shot you don't have to worry about it so the there's a very the rules change and you always have to ask like the clearance departments at studios are always like, just ask. I'm, if you are not sure, always ask. Like I have to clear, I'll give you an example, this little cat. So you think about little tchotchkes and figurines, right? On Rectify, we filmed a hoarder house, right? So she had all sorts of like collections of figurines and frogs and dolls and pretty much, you know, anything you can think of. Mm-hmm. And I had to send all of this stuff into clearances and be like, Hey, this is the situation. You know, we're doing a quarter house. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to, 
make shelves and shelves full of these things. And the majority of majority of it all was fine because we were using it so much of it, right? Like not one thing was featured. Mm -hmm. Like if this cat was in the background of the shelf, um, it would have been fine. Now, okay. if this cat was alone on the shelf and it had, you know, some lovely signature on the bottom from some artist, we'd have to clear it. Mm -hmm. If it said made in China, you know, you don't. We wouldn't have. Oh. But some shows make you clear made in China things. So it's, it really just depends. It's so, um, so fluid. It's hard. Clearances is definitely like everything needs to come by my desk. I need a picture of everything. Don't even put, you know, some people um, like Warner Brothers and ABC Disney, you have to clear fonts. So when you create graphics, you know, you can only use certain fonts. You can't go to defont.com and get all these cool, fun fonts. You know, you can use the Microsoft fonts, you can use the Adobe fonts, or you can pay for this font uh, subscription, mm -hmm. like Monotype, and then you can use that. But you can't use anything else, which is hard because a lot of graphic designers have libraries full of fonts that they downloaded from all over the place. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can't use a lot of things that you have because it's not clear. You have to clear wallpaper on some shows. It's just bedspreads. It's, it's really pretty much now because people are getting sued. And that's the tough part is like studios are getting sued for things. I haven't worked on a show yet where anybody has gotten sued mm -hmm. um, that I'm aware of. Um, now I have worked on shows where like for me, I can't stay all day on set. So, you know, people give me things to clear. And then if they're clear, I send them out into the world. If they're not clear, you know, I'm like, don't use this. You know, letting everybody know not to use this. But sometimes you get on set and stuff gets out there because people don't care if it's not clear and they just want to put it in because they think it's going to look good or they don't care that you can't see that display because, you know, directors, no one's tell director no. You know what I mean? Um, and if he wants to pull this thing in, like a lot of times people aren't going to say anything about it, even if they know that it's not clear. So then you have these issues where um, our clearance and lawyers will watch the uh, dailies and they'll be like, whoa, what happened with this? And it's just like, everybody knew it wasn't clear. It was a choice that was made. And then it'll usually get blurred in post. Mm -hmm. So, so um, how do you get it cleared? Are you sending an email to the artist? Yes. Okay. Well, it depends. So a lot, some things we have to go through artists to get things signed. Some things our clearance department and our lawyers will go, that's not really a big deal. Um, it's okay to use. Mm. So like we ordered a bunch of stuffed animals um, off of Amazon for this kid's room. And as long as it wasn't like a Mickey Mouse or something that's a definable real character, it was just a bunch of generic bears. Mm. It was all fine. We didn't need to get permission. Right. Um, but we bought this doll off of Etsy that somebody hand created in order to use that. We had to get clearance for it. And so you would send them a release and say, Hey, we want to buy this doll. We need you to sign this release saying it's okay if we see this doll on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, and same with artists. There are a lot of times where, you know, um, we try to get art from places that are cleared. There are a lot of cleared art houses in Atlanta. A lot of times we'll pull stuff from the public domain. Um, things that we're allowed to use and then, you know, blow up the prints and have them paint, you know, printed on canvas or uh, framed. We have uh, stock, like I stock websites where we can pull images, artwork, you know, um, graphic elements for things that are already cleared because we pay them a fee. Um, 
but you know, we'll have times where somebody will go into a vintage store and see this great piece of artwork and just buy it. And then you have to take a picture of the signature and try to figure out who this person is because clearance people, you have to give them the information there. A lot of times they're not going to go dig for who this artist is. You have to send them the thing and you got to tell them something that they can work for, but you also have to find out who these people are. So again, research is probably the biggest thing that you do in the art department. So I, I just, this popped into my head. My mom and I actually love buying stuff from Goodwill that like we can tell like someone like cross stitched it or like a painting and it was probably a paint by numbers, but it's still there and it's cool. So like I have this thing of some roses, it's very basic and there's a smudgy signature. If I wanted to use it, you wouldn't be able to figure out who the artist is. What if I like took like glitter paint and like outlined it and maybe added some stuff to it? Is that like, if I kind of redo it in some way, is that still an issue? Well, see, there's a <laughs> different shows. So there are times you can take something like that. And if you change it mm-hmm. to a certain degree, that the clearance people and the lawyers deem acceptable, yes, you can use it. But, you know, it's, again, like, you have to change it. If an artist saw that on, you know, TV, you know, um, would they be able to identify it? If so, you didn't change it enough, you know? Mm -hmm. So there are times where you can get away with doing things like that, especially with cross stitches. A lot of those are from you know, from patterns aren't original, but because it has a signature, you know, it's, you know, clearly somebody didn't do it from a pattern to tan stitch. It's, it's considered their copyrighted, you know, material. So. Wow. Um, I've also heard about, um, some tattoo artists not, um, giving, like not signing the consent. Like if, you know, I, I mean, I don't have a tattoo, but I know that sometimes that's a personal relationship with your artist. And then if something goes wrong, mm-hmm. then they won't, they won't give you permission to have any of it shown on TV. Which I know sometimes it's covered, but sometimes it's not, you know, um, the tattoo. Yeah, that, is, that is very true. Um, a lot of actors have to worry about that. Um, I, I don't want to say smart actors, you know, but people who think ahead, um, mm-hmm. especially if they're an actor getting a tattoo, you know, having a release signed when you get the tattoo is the smartest way to go. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we use photographs from like, like friends. Like I put a lot of stuff, I have a lot of artist friends. Um, and if I need photographs for something like I had to do, um, on Rectify, we had to do this like sexy porno magazine. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's not stock images you're going to find. So, you know, knowing a photographer who has models, who has pictures like this, and they have releases signed by the models saying that they can use their, their images any way that they want, which is then transferable to us when they sign a release for it. Okay. So having your tattoo artist sign a release saying you relinquish all rights to this design because it's on my body, you know, mm-hmm. um, would be helpful. But then a lot of times it doesn't happen and you have to cover it with makeup or mm-hmm. we make a lot of fake tattoos. Um, as a graphic designer, we've made them for makeup and they get them printed on special tattoo sheets that, you know, um, that they will then apply. And it's usually like cleared art from like an eye stock thing or something mm-hmm. specific that the director wants that, you know, we'll have illustrated out. Um, yeah. That's so cool. But, Cause 
yeah, the, um, when I was when I was talking to the other person in the art department, she's a photographer. So sometimes, you know, they need like a stock image image. And she's like, no, I just signed the release for my own work. And we, she goes, my work is in a lot of TV shows and it's not a conceited thing. She's mm -hmm. like, it's so much easier. I know how to take yeah. an image. And we just, have you ever had to like make a prop because it was just kind of um, like it wasn't possible to get something signed off? Oh yeah, all the time, all the yeah. time. It happens, yeah, it happens more often than not having to make props or even again, like you have um, a lot of prop houses, a lot of um, places out in LA um, make a lot of their own props. So like they'll create graphics and they'll print them on the proper material. Like if you need a lasagna box, you know, mm -hmm. um, I've had to make one of those before. Um, when I worked on Teen Wolf, I worked for the prop master doing her graphics and, you know, I had to make um, a box of condoms and then I had to make actual condoms in foil wrappers with the logo on them. So it's, you know, <laughs> um, that's so funny. Very, yeah. Um, so it really just, you know, it depends. It's. It, it, it's so it, it's kind of one of those jobs where I feel like when people are, are like oh it's creative and I don't mean to like do quotes but it, it just it really means you're constantly problem solving for things that you could never have expected um and things are just thrown at mm -hmm. you do you um does anything come to mind yeah. when it's like something on set where you like had to last second problem solve I'm sure that happens all the time um yeah, you know what? I'll tell a great story um, from last season of Doom Patrol. So last season of Doom Patrol, um, I was the set deck coordinator, just like I was this year. And we um, unfortunately had this problem where we were just always behind. Like, you know, we didn't get to building sets soon enough because our main set ended up having, um, we were shooting at the Candler Mansion and it had asbestos and it had to be you know, completely cleaned and it put it, put us back like four weeks. So, um, we had this location set that was supposed to be, um, in Paraguay and it was like downtown Paraguay and it was the home of this, um, scientist, uh, Dr. Von Fuck, who was also a Nazi. So he flew to Paraguay, you know, um, our story picks up there of somebody finding him there. Mm -hmm. And, um, so the set wasn't done drying. Like they did concrete, uh, like try to do like brick pattern mm -hmm. and it wasn't dry. We were getting ready to move to the location where me, the set decorator Leonard and our buyer, Sam were like putting up lights because, you know, the set deck crew works, you know, 12 hour days, they were done. And our production designer at the time decided that he wanted um, this hand painted, um, well, it wasn't really hand painted, it looked hand painted, gold framed giant um, portrait of Hitler in this character's foyer, right? Okay. So this character who is hiding out from, you know, uh, people, because he's a Nazi, he yeah. wanted him to have this this picture. So, you know, we put an end table there, we put the picture up, you know, we get the lighting and the director comes by and looks at it. And we're like, you know, and not even an hour away from like getting ready to shoot. Right. Yeah. Uh, the director comes and is like, what, what is this shit? You know, uh, he's hiding out. Why would he have a picture of Hitler in his Fourier? You know what I mean? Like what the hell? So, um, 
I had to rush back to the office. I, you know, it was when we first started out and we didn't have a lot of stock, like a lot of times you'll have like stocks and frames, you know, um, and things like that. I had to rush back to the office, find two cleared images of maps of Venezuela. Then I had to go to the legacies lockup and borrow two frames um, to, to get, we bring them to set, me and Sam are cutting them out and trying to frame them in as they're moving over to shoot in this set getting them hung we had to put up two sconces next to the picture because it just you know didn't look right because the face the space we were filling was supposed to be much bigger and this is all like as they're coming over to shoot this set at night you know it's not even really lit yet because we're putting in the lights the extra lights um and it was just like (laughs) you've got that like adrenaline rushing and you can't even think about anything else and somehow the story is even better because it's you're hauling around a giant picture of hitler which just i had to do it through downtown lithonia so I, the, they wouldn't let me park near set because we were already shooting. So I had to park across the railroad tracks in downtown Lithonia um, where we sh- cut, shut down all of these businesses and people didn't know and they were pissed. And I'm walking around with a giant framed photo, a heavy-ass gilded photo of Hitler feeling so embarrassed and so ashamed. Um, and then we didn't use it. And I'm like, what are you supposed to do? I'm not taking it back. I'm yeah. not taking it back. Where did you find a giant framed picture of Hitler? Did you have to created it? We created it. So we found a photo um, of Hitler on uh, Getty. Might have been Getty Images, and our wonderful um, graphic designer Jen um, then went over it and made it look like an oil painting. Mm -hmm. And then we printed it on canvas. We sent it over to um, our paint department to do like a clay look so it looked like it was painted. Mm-hmm. And then I had to frame it. We found the frame, like we found like a giant gilded frame um, mm-hmm. and then bring it over. So we created it. Um, it didn't get used. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it was definitely one of those like, <laughs> it was a lot. Me and my Sam were like, this is crazy. And we were done, like done for the day. And we walked over and went to this bar that was completely deserted um, and we're just like drinking whiskey. Like that was the kind of like day it was. We just sat there and she's all like, all my business is gone and I didn't even know. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Will you please just give us some booze? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, you know, it was a teamwork experience. And, you know, like I said, I've been very fortunate um, to recently have been able to work on some shows where like everybody is really coming together. It didn't matter that like, you know, our buyer was now working two hours over his time or that I'd already been there for 14 hours. You know what I mean? Like we were all really coming together as a team. The electric department really helped out with the sconces. I mean, like everybody was, you know, pitching in, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was, um, you know, it was terrible, but yeah, Yeah, a bonding experience yeah and I think it's usually like those times when everything is so awful that then you're like you're like that that's when you kind of all start working together and um because I mean like that would have been so terrible if you know you were it's kind of like well that's your department and that's your department um can I ask oh yeah and there's things where it happens people yeah kind of shove it to the side can I ask you said you got your start as a PA did you just know you wanted so I'm always all over the place. Did you know you wanted to work in film? So you were like, I just want to put my toe in 
however you'll take me? No, no. So um, it was actually by accident. So I went to school in Atlanta um, at the Art Institute of Atlanta, and I mm -hmm. got a degree in digital media production, which is essentially, you know, film production. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, I'm not going to be able to do anything with this. This is dumb. I moved to Florida, mm -hmm. um, and I um, went to school at Full Sail for graphic design. So um, I have, like I said, I have two daughters, um, one of which I had when I was in Florida. Um, and I kind of just decided to move to Atlanta because somebody back to Atlanta, because uh, a boss of mine from a hotel I was working at, because I was still going to school, um, got a job there and was like, hey, if you really want to move back to Atlanta, you know, I'll give you a job at my bar. You know, you can come, you and Madison can come room with me. Um, and, you know, we'll see where it goes. And I was like, okay, cool. Cause it's my best friend. And I wanted to get back to Atlanta. I hated Florida, um, obviously, cause they don't wear masks and they're all idiots. Um, sorry to anybody who's from Florida. So you wanted to go back to Atlanta. Yeah. So I did. And, you know, I finished school and I went, moved back to Atlanta and I'm bartending at night and, um, just trying to figure out like, where to go from here it's like 10 years ago um mm -hmm. and i was on craigslist looking for jobs right and there was this for it wasn't even a paying job it was art department intern right and it says nothing about film it's just like you know we need somebody to you know go on runs and to help what you know source samples and do research and mm -hmm. you know it said graphics and I was like, Oh my God, graphics. Okay, cool. This is, this is great. So I emailed the Craigslist thing. I send over a resume. Um, and I get a call and they're like, Hey, you know, you'd like to come and interview for this intern position. And I'm like, yes, yes, I would. Um, so they give me the address and I put it in Google maps just to check it out beforehand. And it's an, and it says it's an old diaper factory. And the first thing I thought was, Oh my God, I'm going to get murdered. Yeah. Like this totally. isn't real. I'm going to get murdered. And, um, so it was off of Panola road. I go, I see cars. I'm not quite certain where I'm going. I get in the building, you know, I ask to speak with the coordinator at the time. They bring me back. She interviews me. Um, I tell her, you know, I have a job at night, so I'd love to intern. These are the times that I can work from, you know, so I would get there at eight and then leave at three to go to my other job. Right. And she's like, okay. And then, um, at the end of it, she says that I have the job and she looks at me and she goes, do you even know what this is for? And I'm like, no, I have absolutely no idea. I just knew I could do all of the things that you had listed off. Mm -hmm. Um, no. And she's like, oh, it's for a TV show called Teen Wolf. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Excited. You know? So, um, it was the very first season of Teen Wolf and they filmed it over by where they uh, filmed Vampire Diaries off of Panola Road. Mm -hmm. And I worked on, you know, the first season as an intern for the majority of it. Um, towards the end, um, I switched, you know, uh, into a different job. So like a real job that paid. Um, yeah. But I did such a great job on it that the decorator asked me to come and be his PA on, you know, some other shows. Uh -huh. So then, you know, essentially, like, that's what I did. Like, I quit the new job that I got. And I, you know, did a lot of BET stuff and some Tyler Perry stuff with the same decorator. Mm -hmm. um, and then the more work that I did and the people that I got to know, you know, um, the more job opportunities I got. Um, so I kind of accidentally fell into it. I didn't know I wanted to do it. Um, yeah. But now I can't think of any other real job I'd ever want to do again. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it it but. there's like such a high off of like getting to work with people and collaborate and problem solve and every day it's like it's something important because 
like whether it's Teen Wolf or I Still Believe or you know anything like that it's like it it matters to someone you know Mm -hmm. um that's so cool did you work on because in in Teen Wolf there's like I'm guessing there was more graphics in it because like Mm -hmm. of like the supernatural did you do any that's more special effects right you worked on like graphics no no so I um I don't know specifically what you're talking about, but if it was a prop or handled, I did do it. So I got to do a lot of, I have to say like Teen Wolf was one of my favorite ones to work on because I got to do a lot of really cool out of the box things because it's a supernatural show. So we had this book called The Best Gary that had all these illustrations in it of monsters that needed text. I had to create books about Kitsune. We had to do like you know, scrolls and maps and, you know, all sorts of just amazing things. I have to say doing props on that show is probably one of my, my favorite graphic design Mm. experiences um, just because I got to do such a a broad range of things Mm. and I kind of got to do, you know, whatever I wanted for the most part, because a lot of it isn't real. Like you do research and then you're like, okay, well, this is what it is. Um, I'm going to do my own variation clearance purposes, you know, um, but it was a lot of fun. I got to really fun things. That's really good. People really loved Teen Wolf. Yeah. And so since no one had, yeah, it's since you're there from the beginning, it's not like they're not like fit into our rules. You're people are, well, I mean, it's not showing anymore, but like people had to like work yeah. with things that you made, you know, they're like, yeah. they're like, Oh, how do we, keeping the design of these books that you already started. Um, that's so cool. I, well, I, I did it um, all season. So they only shot the first and second season in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of the seasons they moved back to LA, but I still did the graphics for the prop master, but just cool. from Atlanta. So I got to go, you know, all the way through. But like, for example, I had to make these fake California driver's license for uh, Styles and uh, Scott. Mm-hmm. And um, then I was asked to make a real California driver's license for the real Styles and Scott. Yeah. Um, so that was a, a funny thing because they were all like kids. So, um, you know, the prop master made them um, fake IDs. Oh, that's so um, cool. Not that they would have worked, you know, by any means. But no. um, it, was, it was just a fun thing that, you know. And it had like, and it had their fake names on it, so it wasn't, you know, like a real thing. No. But it was like, you know, um, but there was this uh, website that really liked to um, do like recaps of the show, mm-hmm. and they would like highlight certain stills of it, and a lot of them ended up being props that I made, and I was just kind of like, well, that's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> people yeah. notice, so you have to really pay attention to detail. Like, like for me, I probably spend the majority of my time researching than I do creating, mm-hmm. because people do that. They take screenshots, they pay attention. Like I put real text when I make books. I don't do the Laura Mipsalum, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. That's just easy filler, you know, mm-hmm. because I know that people pay attention to that shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, because it's probably something that you also would be paying attention to. Like you knew it would mean a lot to you if oh, like you were watching Teen Wolf and so you get to be a part of it. Is there, is there a show Um, or like a movie that like you watch the art, like the graphics or the art direction that you've seen and that you're like, oh, like it's something that you really respect or admire or get excited about? 
Yes and no. I find a lot of times um, picking it apart um, is it's more like, ugh, I know the art department probably did a really great job and you don't see any of it. Like Les Miserables, right? So great movie, mm-hmm. you know, great. The actors were wonderful. The costuming was wonderful. The sets were amazing and they shoot it like this, where mm-hmm. all you see is like a head moving through this. What you know is an amazing set that took forever to make. And you know, the director wasn't like, just build me a wall so I can shoot this guy's face. It was, <laughs> I need an entire room that's an imbe- you know, abandoned mill house that has, you know, curtains and crumbled bricks and things that took people, you know, forever to do that you don't get to see. So I feel like for me, I'm just kind of like, this is beautiful. I just wish I would be able to see more of it, mm-hmm. you know? And I know not every shot can be a wide shot, but yeah. you know, utilizing all of the things that you're given from the art department while you're shooting is is really nice because everyone's like we need this we need this and then it's like they don't ever use it and then you're like <sighs> <laughs> yeah, and like the pay is the same but also it's like you want people because you're like oh mom watch out for this we worked so hard on this and then you're watching it and you're like yeah. oh oh there oh, no no yeah. Nope, nope, not at all. Um, it's kind of like being an actor and they pay you yeah. to do the scenes and then your scene is cut. You know, I've heard yeah. so many horror stories about that. Yeah, but- no, it, it happens all, yeah, it happens all of the time where like, yeah. it's just a little bit or, you know, but I mean, I, I still enjoy doing it. I still, you know, get a little giggle of seeing stuff that like little, like we put Easter eggs in ourselves, like mm-hmm. we'll use our kids' names because name clearance is a real thing, right? So, you know, um, or we'll, like, we have to get names cleared to use on the shows. So um, a lot of times we pull from the crew list because when you sign, you know, your deal memo, it says that, like, you know, we can use your name and things like that. Or you use family members' names because you know you can get a release signed for Mm -hmm. them. So it's fun when you have these, like, you know, or inside jokes Mm -hmm. um, and things. I really like when I get to see stuff and I'm like, (laughs) I put that in there for, you know, so-and-so or like when I see my name in places or like a photograph of Mm -hmm. something and I'm just like, you know, it's fun being able to pick out those little things that you kind of do for yourself um, or like for the people that you know, and you know, want to get a kick out of it. it. What, um, is there like an ongoing Easter egg that you've tried to, to put into things or like a prop that you've tried to smuggle into like every show? Um, not, you know, there's not something specific, you know, I use my name a lot for really important things. Um, <laughs> so that's really about it. Like I'll use it, like if we're going to do like a really big sign or like, you know, um, the name of a brand or something like that. Um, I like to, I like to play around with my name. So right now to kind of wrap this up, what are you kind of like hoping, thinking about for like the next couple, like for once we kind of get rolling on sets again, um, are, are there like any kind of, or like you talked about maybe wanting to art direct again, um, but also like graphics to say with your girls some? You know, it, it, the tough part is, is like you have a plan and then something like a pandemic happens and then it doesn't really work out. So, you know, I'm going to take whatever job gets offered to me first after this whole thing shuts down, you know? Um, but um, you know, I, I like doing all three of them. I would like to explore, you know, the art directing a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. And I, 
hope that, you know, we just get back to shooting soon. Cause I know there's a lot of people who, you know, are really stressed out about stuff like, you know, or will, like, I know a prop master who's like, I'll PA, like, I just need a job, you know, yeah. like everybody's kind of at this point where, you know, we, we just really want to get back to work, not only because of like bills and being bored and it's just, you know, just as easily do we get burnt out when we're working? Cause it's, it's so hard. We just go so hard all of the time. You know, also when you have that break, you know, you, you get burnt out of not doing anything at all. So because you're right. Um, this like high. You know, mm -hmm. like y'all work, y'all work and function on such a high frequency. You have to use all cylinders at all times. I know like whenever, like a show I've done, like it, it, um, you know, it, it concludes and you're so tired, but then, I mean, I usually dip way down if I don't have something on the horizon. Um, so yeah, I understand right. you just want to be on that, that community level again. Yeah. Um, cause you get really yeah. close. About yeah. two weeks is all I can, like if I don't have anything planned mm -hmm. about two, after two weeks, I start to get like really stir crazy. Yeah. That's like my threshold there. Unless like I have trips planned or I'm going to do things like mm -hmm. we get that hiatus in um, the winter for like the holiday. So, you know, I enjoy that and that's like just the right amount of time, mm -hmm. you know, um, cause I'm usually like going and seeing family and busy doing stuff. But like, then you get those breaks, like what we're having right now, you know, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, that's like right now I, when I came home, I was like, oh my gosh, like it's been four weeks. This is so ridiculous. And I've ended up making um, the podcast was just kind of something where I was like, oh, I wonder, it kind of started from me, like being like, this girl got into Yale for this fall. Um, and I was like, and we're not even that good of friends, but I was kind of like, I wonder how she's handling this. I'm going to do an episode with her. And then like, I think it's just kind of like sparked my creativity even more. So this like project that I really did last summer, now it's kind of like my interest in doing it and having these conversations, because this is what I love to do. Um, I'm just having to find a new outlet um, to kind of make stuff and I'm like crafting and sewing and I've never done any of this, but I think it's just mm -hmm. that urge to create and work with people. It doesn't go away. It's just kind of finding a different outlet. Oh no. Yeah. And it intensified like conversation, yeah. <laughs> you know, like this is the first conversation I've had that wasn't with my children or my partner, you know, yeah. aside from like text conversations, which were like, Hey, are you still alive? Yeah, I'm still alive. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> you know, I'm not doing anything. It's not like I have anything to really share with anybody. Yeah. Today I ate an apple. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, Elle. I know like we don't have a lot going on, but sometimes it's getting that like emotional, like kind of like okay, I'm gonna be engaged for an hour with a stranger. It, it's uh, it can it can get to yeah, it, it's a lot. I really appreciate it. Well, no, thank you. L, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for coming on. I had such a great time, and you, she just broke down um, what an art coordinator does, what the whole how the inner workings of the art department come together. Elle just did such a great job breaking it down. I'm so excited to watch I Still Believe and uh, see all the hard work that she put into that. And like I texted her after the interview, I'm so excited to see what Elle keeps making um, because I think like with all of her cross-training and different things, I think we can all agree she's going to be a great art director, even if she doesn't see that 
exactly right now. Or maybe she won't say that. Um, yes, I love doing this episode. And, uh, little sneaky sneak, uh, <laughs> secret at the end of this. Um, this was so easy to edit because Elle was just, like, nailing it at all times. Um, okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. I know that the world is pretty scary and it is strange, and I don't have answers for you guys. Uh, strange isn't even the right words. It's really heartbreaking, and I know it's all its all a lot, and we're all getting... It's just a lot. It's hard. And um, so I hope that this episode was something nice and something kind of different from everything that you're hearing, just to kind of reset your brain. Um, but anyways, I love you guys. I love you so much, and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay, bye-bye.